0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? I hope you're going to have a fantastic day today. I know that I will. I plan on it. I am Karina, your host and the creator of this podcast, which is Stroke Surviving the Odds. Here I'll be sharing all the different aspects that have been affected uh, by my stroke in the last 22 years. Um, and uh, good and bad, good and bad. I also decided that I am going to be free-flowing with you guys. I do not have anything scripted. I simply talk as if we're having a coffee together in your living room. So that's what's going to happen. I have to mention that I'm a little bit nervous. I don't get nervous very easily, but uh, having such a platform and having... Hopefully so many people hearing my voice and hearing what I have to say is both very flattering, but also (laughs) nerve-wracking. In today's episode, I thought it would be important for me to introduce myself, seeing that it's the first time that we see each other. I think that you need to know a little bit about me. So here goes. I'm also not a very technical person at all, at all. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm scared of the beast machine. So uh, what I decided to try is to record in one shot. Uh, And I'm hoping you guys, I'm going to link my Facebook page for my podcast. And I would love it if you guys interacted with me as in telling me not a review. I don't want a review, but I want... Well, if you want to give it, I'll take it. <laughs> but I do... Uh, I would appreciate, sorry, uh, if you gave me your feedback on what I you think I'm doing right and what you think I'm doing wrong, and if I should be editing. Uh, I, I want to do something that you guys are going to appreciate and like and hopefully learn a li- at, at least one thing out of it. But um, if I can do something to make that better, I would greatly appreciate your feedback on that one. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce myself formally, uh, give you a little insight on who I am. Uh, if you read the description in my uh, trailer, um, you get a very good idea of who I am and where I come from. And if you did not read it, I urge you to read it. Uh, Sometimes it's easier for me to write down things as opposed to saying it, but the emotion is not the same. And I want to be very transparent with you guys. So I will be telling you a little bit about me. First off, I am 47. I am married. I have a 23-year-old daughter. I have two dogs, Tito and Balash, Nauzer and Maltese, 16 years old and 10 years old. I also love, 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 love to cook. Cooking is another form of podcasting for me <laughs> where I demonstrate my love. And uh, I think the best way to show your love is to really feed the people you love. <laughs> If that makes any sense. I love to cook. I love art. I love music. I adore writing. Absolutely. That is the biggest outlet. It has been the biggest outlet for me since I could write, I think. Uh I used to be a singer, so singing was also an outlet, but since my stroke I was intubated for three uh four um um blah blah. blah, blah. I don't exactly remember the amount of weeks, but quite some time, actually. I'll easily say a month. Um, so it damaged my vocal cords. And so I can't sing anymore. I can't hold the tune, but I can't sing. <laughs> Not in public anyways. Karaoke is great, but you know what I mean. So um, where do I begin? I guess it's kind of like walking one foot in front of the other when you begin a podcast like this you have to go one episode one segment at a time right but since we decided to do it in one shot <laughs> here goes i suffered a brainstem dissection in march of 1999 i was at the gym i my daughter was 16 months So I went back to the gym to get back my mommy shape, my, my beautiful mommy shape, if you will. And uh, I was actually working out to be, to be in the Miss Fitness competition. And, uh, I would say five, six days a week. I've had a couple of weeks before the, before the, the the, the dissection itself, I had some symptoms which I decided to ignore. I thought it was my hormones or I was just overly tired. Those symptoms were, I was um, often extremely dizzy. I was also seeing stars, like there were black stars everywhere. Uh, I was, uh, I've, I've always been a little bit, um, I won't say hyper because I'm not, but um, energetic, how about that? It sounds better, energetic. But um, it seems like I was exhausted all the time. Something was going on. So that morning of um, of uh, March, uh, I went to work out, and I. I was doing an exercise, I was doing a French press. For those of you who don't know, it is holding the dumbbell from one side, above your head, behind behind your head, above and behind, and it's to work out your triceps. The bottom of the dumbbell, like it banged my neck. That's the first, the only way right now I can describe it. But I immediately felt pain. And i stayed at the gym and i had one more exercise and i could not complete it i was just lying on my back on the on the bench and i i just couldn't do it so i um i went to uh, pick up my stuff in the front at the front desk and uh, i remember the guy saying you're leaving so soon and i said yeah i hurt myself i'm not feeling good And at the time, I was living in La Salle, which is like a a district, if you will, of Montreal. And um, we lived, our condo was directly across the street from the gym where I was. And I managed to walk from the gym to home and walk the four flights of stairs all the way up, but feeling like shit, excuse my English here, but yeah, like, and I was getting more dizzy and so i walked in my husband looks at me says what's wrong like he saw immediately my face and he was with my daughter at the time i said i'm gonna throw up and i immediately turned over and i went to the bathroom to throw up but i'm throwing up throwing up throwing up and nothing is happening nothing is coming out anymore i have nothing my my stomach is empty i remember my My husband uh, had to go to work. My husband had to go to work. So um, we called in his niece to babysit. And uh, he told her, he says, Karina's not feeling good. Karina's not feeling good. And I'm still in the bathroom and I'm holding the bowl. (laughs) And um, I'm actually lying on the floor in the bathroom waiting for the next throw up to come up. (laughs) Again, nada. So I asked my niece... She was 16 herself at the time. And I asked, I said, can you bring me to bed and wake me up in 30 minutes? And I'm holding the walls as she's, um, as she, excuse me, my phone is ringing and it's distracting. Sorry about that. So I'm holding the walls to go to the bedroom and I tell her to wake me up in 30 minutes that I'll sleep it off. So I'm lying in the bed, I can see, I can see the ceiling, I can see the shapes in front of me, and I can hear, I can hear her say, Uncle Peter, I can't wake up Karina, her eyes are open, she's got foam at the mouth, but I can't wake her up, poor kid, she must have been like freaking traumatized, I feel so bad. Anyways, um, so can you believe it? I heard his voice on the phone freaking out and saying, Nula, call 911. And I'm drifting and that's the last thing I hear. The next thing I wake up in my eyes, (laughs) I can't talk. I can't say nothing. But I can hear, my mother-in-law was at the house, my brother-in-law was at the house, waiting for 911 to not leave Nuala by herself. And I could hear them, sc- like, Karina, Karina, wake up, wake up. I can't talk. I, even if I wanted to, nothing. I wasn't saying a word. Ça marche beau. Nothing happened, silence. And I drift back. Next thing I know, I am being carried by two um, ambulance technicians and uh, my brain is fully functional because I remember I had like um, a semi granite table in the hallway with a glass top and um, I'm, I'm thinking, I hope they don't drop me and break my table that is the thought. <laughs> and I drift back in my coma. And uh, I don't know how the guys brought me all the way four flights of stairs, I would have been scared shitless anyway. So it's a good thing that I was out. <laughs> and these episodes of waking like uh, drifting in and out of coma, like it was like a sound, sound sleep. It was like the best sleep I've ever had and I had the privilege and the chance to wake up. Fuck. I just couldn't talk. Savo bye, bye. and at this point I can't move anyways if I wanted to. So uh so they bring me to the hospital in La Salle. I don't know what happened because I was completely comatose at that moment. They tried; they couldn't Treat me, or they didn't have the necessary professionals, maybe, to check me out and figure out what was wrong with me. So they transferred me to Verdun Hospital. And over there, again, I'm drifting in and out. I'm lying in, like, a, not an operating table, but how, I'm in a trauma room, okay? and the nurses are turning me from on my back and one nurse is cutting my clothes and again I'm thinking not my good lululu pants but anyways I am thinking that guys okay so my brain is functioning at this moment but I and she's putting the scissors in my clothes and I remember the other nurse saying we're gonna put a catheter and I'm just like whatever like I'm just I remember just whatever. (laughs) And they took off my jewelry. My husband was Greek, so I had a lot of jewelry, (laughs) just FYI. (laughs) So they were taking off my jewelry, and I drifted back into a coma. And the next thing I remember at that moment is I couldn't see anything, but I could hear. I could hear the doctors talking amongst themselves, saying, well, maybe we should do a spinal tap. Now, I'm not a doctor. I know nothing about this, so I'll trust them. Okay, they're the experts. Um, still, confu- I can hear a lot of confusion around What's wrong with this girl? She's 25. We, we don't know what's going on. And next thing I hear, because I think I'm being wheeled from one place to another within on the floor or in, in, in Verdun hospital. My, my then a husband was six feet, six one. Okay. And as I'm being wheeled out, my eyes are open. So I do see what's going on. And I see a doctor talking to him and my mom, and he's leaning against the wall. My husband, my then husband was leaning against the wall. And I remember hearing the doctor say, we think she had a stroke. And his body just went like crumbling on the ground, like, wow and my mom repeated that story to me quite a few times she says she's never seen anyone devastated like that so yeah they finally figured out that i did have a stroke and so they sent me to the best hospital here in montreal which is the montreal neurological hospital and uh a lot of people are asking me, but you must have been scared at that time to be able to see, to be able to hear, but you can't move and you can't talk. And my answer has always been, always, it was peaceful. I, I can't say that I was scared. It was peaceful. I told you before that it felt like I had a very good sleep, right? But um, that's the way I can describe it. So I was in the ICU for exactly a month and four days. So at this point, they transferred me to the hospital, uh, the Montreal Neuro. And I'm lying on my bed behind the curtains in ICU. And I hear two doctors, I see above my head And I hear two doctors say, "We are going to help you breathe. We're going to intubate you um, because you're having a hard time." And the conversation I did hear about that is that they were saying she has a hard time. Look at her. Apparently, when you're gasping for air, your shoulder, your 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 bodies on either side are like squeezing the air out of your lungs. Basically, they're like pumping the lungs. I couldn't do it anymore. And one of the doctors said, Karina, if you understand, blink once. If you, you know, if you don't, blink two. So I blinked once. I understood. Again, my brain is working. So that's what went on, apparently, because I drifted back in La La Land. So it's four days I've been in ICU. I don't have behind the curtains. I don't have a lot of recollection of what went on over there. But they transferred me in one of those rooms in the ICU, uh, those private rooms in ICU. And um, as they're wheeling me, my tongue, is sticking out as if i want to do like i want to stick out my tongue to you know and my tongue is stuck there like out sticking out like it was like i can just imagine the images fucking scary excuse my language again i can only imagine and i remember like they're like her tongue and it became very spastic and it was hurting underneath you know where those um we have like blue veins underneath the tongue and i have a doctor putting in the tongue suppressor and all that anyways it was a little ordeal i had to do something special for the doctors that day i guess and um they put the tongue back in (laughs) which is very funny funny to say but anyways um and now i'm in room m I remember I'm in room M in the ICU and I have a beautiful view and I have a cork board between the windows and my mom had brought some pictures from home, my wedding pictures and my daughter's pictures. I hope it's okay with you guys. I'm going to uh, resume this in my second part. I'm going to take a break right now. I'm actually feeling very comfortable talking to you guys, and um, I'm feeling inside right now very nervous, like I'm kind of trembling inside. Uh, in 2019, I was asked to um, public to uh, write a um, write my story for a um, for three stromies again I'm gonna link it in uh, my my um, my podcast right now I'm gonna link because I want you guys to read the story it's quite the lengthy one so grab a coffee or a glass of wine or something but yeah so I felt very that that took a lot of energy out of me to write that that article I had to and right now I'm feeling a little bit tired <laughs> emotionally. So I hope it's okay. I am going to split like a banana. And I definitely can't wait to talk to you guys next time and continue my lovely story. But I got, I hope that you got a little insight on me and you know me a little better. And again, I want to thank you. And if there is one thing that I've always said, no, let me take, let let me take this back. Within every single thing that I am going to be talking about, that I will be more animated about, but now I'm very serious because I'm digging deep. But within everything, if there is one person that I can help make feel better about themselves, my 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 job is done. I'm going to be so happy. So um, I'm going to let you go now. I love you. Remember, it could always be worst. One step at a time, one breath at a time. Everything is going to work out for your highest good. You have to believe that, okay? Take my word for it. Okay, so I'm leaving and I shall see you very soon. Bye.